Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Slam of Wrestling. Myself, Supreet, and this is your AEW Dynamite review for August the 25th, 2021. Joined by Ridwan here. Yeah. What's up, Ridwan? Hey, Supreet, how's it going? Doing good, man. It's been a long week, if I'm not wrong. It's been a very long week in professional wrestling. Started from Friday. Rampage, CM Punk, the whole deal. Then we had to sit through Summer Scam, which was kind of decent. NXT TakeOver was good. That's about it. And yeah, that's the whole wrestling weekend. Nothing much, nothing less. Yes, there hasn't been much apart from, I mean, there, of course, there has been weekly shows apart from, you know, the, the big wrestling weekend, so to speak. And for, I mean, we'll get more into Dynamite for this week. But yeah, I mean, overall, like from starting from last Friday with, you know, CM Punk's return to now, it's it's been like really long and in a way, like for the reasons that, you know, has how AEW has been uh, progressing over the years. This feels like a vindication and like another step into how they want to expand themselves. And we'll talk about it more as this as we are reviewing this show. But about Dynamite this week, man, it was a boring show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, surprisingly, like there was it had its high, highs and lows. Like some segments were really good, some segments were like eh. And after one point, and I mean the crowd completely fell flat. And even, you know, the main event, you weren't expecting it to go the way it did and, like, you know, the placement itself, which, I, like I said, we'll review, we'll discuss this further as we are progressing through this review. Like, I think this crowd in Milwaukee was, it was not your typical AW crowd. Hmm. And right. I, do, was it because that they are filming every show in that one location in the crowd burned out like what's happening yeah i guess because they usually tape elevation or i think they tape the dark first and then dynamite and then dark elevation and now that you know this week uh, spoilers rampage is taped as well so it's like you're getting all your money's worth for one for one show so to speak because they're taping all at once but the other thing I found interesting was no, you know, outstanding match on the card. Like everything was just there. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, every week there is something, you know, that stands out. That makes people talk about it until the next week. This week, I mean, you know, after seeing what we saw on Rampage last week with CM Punk's return, that is still the talk of the town and probably they wanted to capitalize more on that and you know like they had advertised CM Punk uh, having a promo this week on like making his dynamite debut so they had probably they had put all their eggs in the CM Punk basket for now and obviously you know with the more with more stuff to come for them they would probably want to save themselves for like you know what they would plan to do for the upcoming weeks because you wouldn't really want to burn them out all in one go so you know sometimes you would just wanted to space them out space your big moments out rather 
but we will get through dynamite and the whole card but before that if you are new to slam up wrestling then make sure to like share subscribe do all that fun stuff check out our other content that we have posted the last couple of uh days you know with the review reviews for summer slam and takeover and all the aw shows so check that out all links provided in the description below but so uh speaking about dynamite they kicked off with a match between chris not no chris jerkets matt hardy so he was facing orange cassidy so this is part of the uh, you know the small feud that they have been having on dynamite for the last 2 3 weeks i think this match was kind of entertaining if you consider the comedy elements but other than that yeah just one of the random matches on a random dynamite yes uh, this match i mean this feud rather has been built more on dark and dark elevation than it has been on dynamite because it started off on dynamite the way they had a six man tag between hardy and part hardy and private party versus uh, cassidy chuck taylor and uh, uta and then from there they've have been having these series of matches on dark where matt hardy defeated vela yuta once and then they had a six man tag again i think this time it was uh, anhelico and the private party i'm not sure who it was and the best friend, best friends get their win back and this is just a culmination of that but looking at the finish of this match which we'll get to this doesn't exactly feel like this feud has ended rather like it's a mini feud at the end of the day but besides that you know there's probably more to the more to the story but uh, speaking about the match lot of comedy bits here like from the get go they do the you know orange is kicking matt hardy in the shin they do the you know as crowd is going oh then we see matt hardy do the delete so that was going on for a while and we see matt hardy he was actually brought some a couple of bucks which was in his pockets so at one Not point the young bucks yes so at one point uh, as the dollars and bills were all around the ring on the mat so orange decided to pick one of those bills one of those 100 dollar bill and he put in his pocket but the story of this match was so matt hardy when you know he was on offense made sure he got that uh, $100 bill back and you know he searched one of those pockets and he got it so that was quote unquote the story of the match lot of comedy bits here at one point i think cassidy he hit a crossbody and i think he landed square on hardy's face and that got him busted open so they are exchanging couple of moves now cassidy is going for a twist of fate Matt Hardy is countering it. So there was one spot where you know Cassidy was on the top rope. He does. I think he was usually he would go for that lazy looking splash, but he you know turns the Hardy type of you know deal the uh, and he would say um, Swanton bomb, but hands were in the pockets. So that was a cool move. So I think as we get to the end of the match. Cassidy got a kind of a awkward looking cradle and that was it Cassidy gets the win and like you said mostly this feud is continuing 
Yes, and uh, with hands in his pocket, mind you, with the pinfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, overall, I wouldn't really say it was a solid match. But I mean, it did its job of you know hyping hyping the crowd up for an entertaining show, as you would. And uh, they had like a lot of comedy elements into this match, like when, like you mentioned, like early in the match where uh, Orange was doing the kicks of doom, and then Matt was doing the delete. And uh, the like you said, most of the story was about you know Matt Hardy and his money. So basically, Matt Carney. It's the shtick itself is pretty entertaining. The one the, like he's just being an absolute. you know dick with all his money like the big money matt hardy it's it's an entertaining stick and like yeah, i'm really curious to know that how much legs it has like for how long will he be continuing this or will he branch it out to another another promotion you know thanks to the forbidden door probably maybe even nwa or you know back in impact like how he was managing private party for this one match they had for i think it was hard to kill the first pay-per-view of their private party was facing for the impact tag championships i so, think so yeah. no it was not it was not hard to kill maybe some uh, free impact pay-per-view plus. type of deal I, i don't know what show or what uh, i don't actually know what show or pay-per-view they were doing that match Yeah, because I think it was the sacrificeless specials. I'm not sure because uh, when Matt Hardy comes over to Impact, that time the Private Party become the number one contenders on the same night. I mean, I remember that at least when because the AEW Impact crossover was huge. It was a huge deal at that point. I mean, it still is, but like you know, things have simmered down a little. I don't know, man. But yeah, this feud may be continuing, and nothing much to say about it. Yes, and But, uh, yeah, continue. Go on. Yeah, I was wondering, like, what is this leading up to? If this feud is continuing, and once this feud is over, where does someone like Orange Cassidy, you know, who was pretty high up the card in terms of uh, star power and stature, he was challenging for the Impact World. I'm sorry. They're challenging for the AEW World Championship at one point, and from there, like I don't like he hasn't tumbled down at all, but he's he's been just there. So he's been like picking up wins and like you know nothing doing nothing much beyond that. And if you think about it, this feud, I mean, Orange Cassidy with the HFO rather has been going on for a while because he was facing Blade with all the brass knuckles stick, and now you have Matt Hardy. So not sure how is this like where is this going to go after the story ends? Nothing much to look here because it's a underneath feud, just like we have been saying for Brian Cage versus Ricky Stocks. Yeah, right. But uh, shall we move on? Yes, we should. Ah, uh, a back we had a backstage promo from Malika Black, which was actually good. You know, he was calling out. each and every member of the nightmare family so this is something to look forward to and we saw kind of glimpses of what he is actually meaning here so we'll get to that when we talk about the main event but good promo here but uh, speaking about promo ridwan we had chris jericho coming out so he was 
book to you know discuss his possible future he said that uh he still not done with mjf and the losses that he has been you know facing against him have been bothering him for a while now and he has yet another proposition for mjf maybe another match and this time he wants to put his career on the line so after hearing this mjf decides to come out and he had this shirt customized shirt where it said mjf three wins and jerry blow if i'm not wrong was that jerry blow or jerry co yeah it was jerry blow it was jerry blow it was a zero so he was uh, saying that uh, mjf was saying that it's kind of you know between me and you it's kind of getting embarrassing at this point something like that and then he would eventually you know end up accepting jericho's challenge for all out you know with this career on the line stick and he kind of told said to jericho that you may need to you know reconsider this because i'm better than you and you know it no so yeah good enough you know promo battle between the two men and i don't know man little fe about this another third match between jericho and mjf like if the plan was to do all this you know put the career on the line like we said in the past when he was having this flavor of jericho you could have done this match on the paper itself with this stipulation yes it's still i mean it's still the same story but done in two parts because if they it makes sense that they would do this match now on a pay per view rather than you know blowing it up on a dynamite which was in the special episode rather but having said that like this feud has ran its course i think we had said that in the past the labors of jericho was like a good twist to it like a fresh element into that and you know we went through that went through the five labors of jericho which was entertaining and now we are having this again and with added stakes of like you know this this could be this could be chris jericho's last match but uh, like there was this one sign in the crowd that i want to point like it said mjf has da- mjf daddy has issues. daddy issues that was hilarious so shout out to that person and uh, like this promo was basically like you know jericho just going like yeah everyone's been celebrating in aw like you know with same punks return everyone's been enjoying except me this losses with mjf has been bothering me for a while and now i have a proposition and all that stuff that puts out and the best part about it is like you know the, it can go either way you don't know if jericho is actually going to retire or is he going to win and have a prolonged stay in this i mean my money i would say like i don't really see jericho retiring at this point i still feel like he has a year or two maximum to go and like you know put more stars over because the feud with mjf has been it's taken literally a year of his career to the, at this point and he would definitely be wanting to work with other other talent as well like you know whoever's coming up the ranks the young stars and you know with the new additions of punk and possibly guys like brian danielson so he would want to work them work with them and put them over before he hangs up his boots for good 
on the other hand you there is someone like mjf you know who's easily one of the best heels currently going and having him having mjf retiring someone like chris jericho he is who is of course a legend in this business is like a bit the biggest rub mjf could get and you know puts a lot of heat on him and you know progresses his career even further so it's like a huge i mean there's a probability it can go either way but this is the thing that is keeping it interesting for now but would you if you want jericho's career to continue as per the stipulation here so do you risk mjf getting a loss um like i said it, it's tricky what are they planning over here but i think you know mjf has been undefeated for the longest time you could probably give him a not so clean loss just have jericho pull some stick and you know just save his career for once and for probably for like another couple years and this if you look at this like you know in a more kayfabe standpoint jericho might have you know he's of course he's been doing this forever like i'm just speaking purely in kayfabe here so jericho probably has a few trick few tricks up his sleeves that he would want to bait mjf into something that an mjf right now you know he's had like two wins three wins Because I'm guessing the three, one of these three wins is probably the one not uh, blood and guts. Yeah, I guess exactly. So, so MJF would be like you know very overconfident right now. Like he thinks he can beat Jericho at on his best day and all that stuff. So this is probably some bait and switch that Jericho would probably do. I don't know. I'm just like putting. I'm just throwing out thoughts. Uh, throwing out thoughts right now. So yeah, I mean I'm. I'm interested a little, but again, at the same time, even though I don't want to see Chris Jericho wrestle in 2021, I would, I wouldn't mind him continuing for another couple years just to put, just to put like a few stars over on his way out. Just pull off a Paul White. Well, yeah, I guess you could say, just like yeah. you know, wrestle very randomly. Uh, sporadically rather and just be there to put talent over right now but yeah speaking of paul white he's definitely you know winning versus qt which we'll again we'll discuss this more when we but get yeah, to that segment you, you could say you could say that they have kind of booked themselves in a corner with jericho and mjf yes you pretty much can like for the reasons that you mentioned that you know you would probably risk an mjf law uh, mjf loss right now So in that sense, you have booked yourself into a corner, and you know even with Jericho's possibility, if he loses, he's out. And given how you know AEW have been keeping their promises with fans, so if Jericho, for example, if he loses, heads out, and then comes back, it would have it will result in some betrayal of trust, and the fans don't want that, especially. you know with the other company been doing that for so many years but uh, let's see where all this goes but uh, shall we talk about the varsity blondes versus the lucha bros because this was uh, you could say the semis for the mini tag team tournament they have been doing yes the eliminator so to speak 
So before the match, we heard from the War City Blonde short little promo hyping up the match. So this match, even this match, it felt little flat. It did. Like there were like this match was pretty pretty sloppy, in a lot of ways. Sometimes I don't know. There was like you know whenever they were trying to go for a power move or like you know whenever they're going for a grap- grapple, anyone was probably slipping. I don't know who was pulling like. who was doing the baby oil brother in this case and uh, yeah so this first you know um, lucha bros come out first and pent you know in hindi we say like you know paise vasool karna like they have been milking i don't know how do i say how do you describe this in english but penta has been doing that with the joker joker outfit i mean he's been wearing it since double or nothing and this is like it has become his signature thing this year You see that that's marketable, right? It is. You don't have to wear a crazy helmet and put on a strap on to be yes. marketable. Kinky shit, right there. But uh, enough of kinky shit, man. Let's talk about this match. It had some moments, but mostly, like you said, it was little sloppy. They are doing lot of botches. I don't know if. I don't know if the the chemistry of these two team wasn't matching. or someone was not communicating with each other but one thing to point out is ray phoenix does do is you know crazy shit but he i think he's kind of trying to tone down as well did you notice it i did i did like you like you've been if you've been watching ray phoenix since earlier this year like you know the first first portion of the year he was like doing this outwardly stuff the things that he was pulling off like my first thing that comes to mind is when omega gave him the like he had the title match with kenny omega and omega gave him a v trigger and then he just bounced back and gave him a super kick so that's there and you know that uh, middle rope suicide middle rope uh, conhilo on uh, I, i don't know who it was i think it was jungle boy while they were doing the um, Casino Battle Royale for the tag championship at Revolution. Mm. So like these two, these two things immediately springs up to mind, and that was like a red hot form Ray Phoenix was in until I think he had a rib injury or something, and he was off TV for the longest time. And Penta was teaming with Eddie Kingston at that point, so probably it could be you know him returning from injury, trying to slow things down a little. But you know it's Ray Phoenix; he has to. pull the stuff out of his out of his mask in this case and you know, like you know get get going but yes i do agree like you know he has been he has been toning his uh, things down a little bit so, so there was one uh, one spot where we had both the varsity blondes you know they were outside laying back and we see phoenix do de- doing his typical you know spinning tope conilo on them which was kind of new i haven't seen that because normally you would do those type of high spots on a standing opponent but in this case uh, the varsity blondes were just laying there which kind of look innovative so i'll give some pointers to that but at the end we see uh, penta and phoenix they hit a combination pile driver and that was it the lucha bros are advancing and they are facing the jurassic express at aw rampage this week 
so yeah tonight so it's tonight but yes. uh, who do you have lucha bros or jurassic express we discussed this last week like you know we both had our picks each so you were going for jurassic express i was going for lucha bros for the reasons that we had mentioned because both of them have good storyline implications and now that you've i think this is going more towards jurassic express side because i mean there is a story to tell given how they were screwed out the last time and uh, you know with the lucha bros there's probably going to be some interference or some shenanigans from andrade to you know just get a number on pack and the lucha bros themselves if if there is like a reported tease uh, reported split from the death triangle and if pa- i mean if penta and phoenix are uh, joining andrade so there is like a, a lot of storyline implications to it so there is a very good chance that jurassic express might win this and like i had mentioned that this also goes in sync with uh, kenny and christian's kenny and christian's feud so that's happening for the world championship and this is happening for the tag championship so there you go there is like a lot of implications in that case and jurassic express are the favorites to win this match on rampage you can't really say the same thing about on uh, on uh, or at all out if they are going to win i mean if they win tonight and go on to face young bucks and in the cage match that prediction is still up in the air but uh, mostly they should go over and win championships yes and that's high time they will high time they should and uh, like they've had ever since you know the start of aw they've had a pretty consistent run on like you know they've always gone for the main championship but never actually make it so this should be the best chance yet now that you know they've stopped interference from outside so the young bucks could fight fair and square at their game so this should this should result in something and it's i think it's overdue that jurassic express gets some championship especially you know jungle boy we get to you know we learn that you know when we get to rampage but moving on we had a small vignette for andrade versus pack was where you know chavo and andrade were you know talking little shit to pack saying that is not as good as people think he is etc etc hyping up the match and we are here on this review just hoping andrade you know versus wrestling shows uh, wrestling shoes on all out Yes, I mean this promo was just there, like you know you're good, but you're not better than Andrade, and Andrade is being a smug rich asshole. So that was that is pretty much it for this promo. And uh, we actually forgot to talk about the post match stuff for uh, the like after the match for between the Jurassic Express and the Varsity Blondes. Ah, uh, nothing much so, happened because we saw Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler getting involved when you know yes, Jurassic right. Express and Lucha Bros were having a face off. So Young Bucks were kind of you know messing around, pushing. They tried. Their intention was to have these two baby faces fight each other in the ring, but it kind of backfired on them as this baby faces team worked together to beat up the Young Bucks and chase them out. So that was it, I guess. Yes, that was it, and uh, like both uh, Nick and Matt get a super kick slash big boot for their troubles from Penta and Jungle, Penta and Luchasaurus each 
and then they both do the uh, phoenix and jungle boy do a tope con hilo from the middle rope onto both uh, nick and matt so that was it they were just trying to build up the sportsmanship aspect of this match for rampage besides that yeah i mean the match was what it was for uh, between the lucha bros and varsity blondes and yeah i mean i'm excited for this match though and uh, and we were talking about andrade versus pack when i repeat again hope that it's a good enough match because there is certain expectations when you see guys like pack or andrade yes and andrade's run so far in aw has been a little eh so he would probably you would probably want to see him improve on that and yeah hoping it is a good match which which i think it will be speaking about good match we had jamie hater versus red velvet uh, jamie hater was accompanied to the ring by rebel not reba and dr pit baker tmd so this match it was kind of you know it was going good for a while like uh, we see uh, red velvet hit a good like a bunch of you could say uh, topes usida which actually looked good but she uh, has improved in the ring yeah but do you know what didn't look good so at one point we see red velvet she was going for a standing moon salt and boy she completely missed the mark here and this made this, this was clipped on twitter you know obviously but uh, i think they tried to save this spot with someone on commentary saying that she missed and this you know cost red velvet match here so uh, jamie hater was uh, we would see her hitting a big lariat for the win and that was about it nothing much here you know i will not shit on red velvet because of that boss she is good kind of she can be better but uh, it is what it is and jamie haters i think she is also good enough but uh, yeah and uh, her the main thing of jamie hater is she kind of has that upside like you can mold her into the next big star in your division so nothing much to talk about this match but what do you think about it i felt this match was decent i mean it was more or less just to show you know how much jamie hater has improved and how much red velvet has improved but like her first you know pardon the pun her first flurry of offense for red velvet she was she was pulling out all the stops and most of her moves that she was doing looked really good for someone you know in her career who's probably i think 3 4 years i'm not i'm not sure when like how old is red how old has red velvet's wrestling career been but for what it was she's looked she's she looked really good last night and uh, to be honest with you i had skipped the main event of rampage the first the first episode before baker and velvet because i mean i i wasn't really like i was hyped more for baker and i could care less about velvet and then after this match i went after the show rather i went back and watched it i mean it was it was a pretty good match for both of these women i mean of course brid had the home advantage and you know red velvet was she's coming up the ranks still and she's she's improved tremendously like if you take it back to the match that she had with you know teaming up with Cody versus uh, 
जेट का आगे लंच शकीलो नील सो फ्रॉम देर टू नाउ यू कुड सी लाइक यू नो देर हैज बिन अस्ट इम्प्रूवमेंट इन हर रेस्लिंग but coming back to this match i mean most of the most of whenever red velvet was on offense she did she did pretty well for herself but this match was more about jamie hater you know her coming back to us and stamping her claim as uh brit baker's insurance policy plus being a competent wrestler herself and this match did its job like the of course the main takeaway was uh the boss moon salt where she overshoots it but i'm glad they managed to salvage that by you know putting it as a finish to this match so it still kind of puts it up in the air whether it was a work or a shoot and you don't really know like it's always fun to debate that as a wrestling fan you know sarcasm intended but overall yeah like this match this match did its job for jamie hater then of course like it was for red velvet it was of course leading to the post match assault so I'll get to that when uh, both like Baker and Velvet, uh, sorry Baker and uh, Jamie Hater have been beating the crap out of uh, poor Red Velvet, and Chris Atlander comes out comes out to save the day for her. And uh, if you if you notice, like if you're watching the show, this is the fans. So they've made it official for All Out that uh, it's going to be Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander for the AEW Women's Championship. Now this match has me interested in a lot of ways because uh, obviously, like Chris Statlander has been booked very strong since her return from a knee injury, and Britt Baker has been the face of the division for as long as you could remember. But so yeah, this the post match was just there to you know build up the hype for the women's championship match at All Out, and yeah, I re- I'm excited for this. Yeah. I I have realized that uh, whenever Britt Baker is in the room, she steals everyone's thunder. She does, and for but for Chris Statlander, like you know the way she was coming out to save the day for Red Velvet. the crowd was like completely into that like we had mentioned at the top of this review that you know the crowd seemed burnt out when in for a lot of segments first matches but for christian lander man they did really get going and she i don't want to say she received the loudest pop but she was like right up there if you want to rank the pops of the night mm, you know what Brit Baker is the most over thing in the company. Even CM Punk put her over big time. The rest of the that he said. Yeah, the rest of the women need to you know also pick up their game or you know the presentation of these women should be such a case that they are right up there. Like most of these women are good wrestlers and nothing much. Yes, and it's like Brit Baker is the star of the division and. she has been put into that position i mean if tracing it back to the start of aw she was i mean besides the elite she was the first signed superstar for aw first signed wrestler for aw and that was a huge deal that they made out of it then and it still ranks to this day because i mean because of her position on the card and how much has he grown how much has she grown since then but like i said they need to get other people over as well statlander i haven't noticed it yet i think she has that you know genuine baby face type of feel 
Thunderosa, she's mega, mega over. That's why we are rooting for her when though the Statlander thing is done. But yeah, I think this is a showcase for Statlander. She has to knock it off the park at the paper. Yes, even though like the large predictions is towards Britt Baker retaining. I mean, you know, just call it what it is. This should be like a good uh, showing for Statlander, right? And do it in such a way that Statlander could come back to regain the championship. Like you know, have her that story where you know she's always denied that opportunity, but she finally makes it. You know, similar to probably. Daniel Bryan's uh, eventual rise to stardom, something like that. Like I'm just throwing things out right now. And there was an interesting note from uh, JR. Like I'm not talking about the obvious one. Let's just glare. Over. Let's just you know pass by that. So I think it was JR or Excalibur, I guess. But uh, they had mentioned that Chris Tatlander was uh, undefeated in AEW till now. Like she's never been, she's never lost a match in AEW, and I'm not sure if that is true because maybe they meant that since coming back she has been undefeated. That's what they. Yes, but they did say that she has been undefeated in AEW, like you know, throughout. But if I remember correctly, like last year's Revolution, uh, Nyla, Nyla, she faced Nyla Rose for the women's championship and lost. I guess I'm not sure if that was a DQ. I don't exactly remember, but I don't think I think she has lost. A, she's lost a few matches before her injury. She has lost at least two three matches before the injury happened, and that's pretty much it. Now, as of now, the comeback. She has been, uh, you could say, in a undefeated streak. Yes, so since comeback, yes, that I am aware. But like that was weird of them to mention. Like you know, they she's never lost a match in AEW, and if so, they would make an even big deal out of it. Like you know, if you're hyping up this match, it was just a random line thrown out. But uh, I mean, JR JR was smoking crack throughout the match, so. Okay, he, he even said that Jamie Hater is thick. Yes, that, he probably that, meant it. Yeah. He, he, he meant it in a good way, it. but uh, we took it out of context. Yes, he meant like, you know, as a big, strong woman. But given JR's history, you wouldn't really want to speculate further on what did he actually mean. So let's move on from there. So we had a dark order backstage thing where they were cutting a promo, and where we see you know Evil Uno. He was talking about you know uh, like other groups. They are also you know facing certain obstacles, etc., etc. So then we see I think it was Alex Reynolds. I think he interrupted. You know Evil Uno was kind of talking shit to him because of the you know whole Angman situation. And because of that, we are seeing certain dissension in within the group. Like uh, we even see Willow, you know, you know, kind of mention that nobody was out there for their match. You know, their impact added a match a few weeks ago. So, and there was one point where Uno kind of dissed Reynolds, saying that he is will forever be in the shadows of John Silver. So, and then you know he started to you know apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We need to. Keep you know cool heads here. So I'm kind of interested here. What this all going to lead towards to? Because we have people like Bray Wyatt possibly coming in into the company. 
and uh, with this dissension is are we leading towards the old dark order you know or we are seeing bunch of people getting kicked out from the dark order i don't want this to happen to be honest because because i mean dark it, order sorry yeah. to sorry to interrupt you because on, the man. dark order is it's a sensitive topic for obvious reasons and down like at the position they are now let it be there because they did a lot to you know get to that certain position to be over with the fans but now that they have added this thing it kind of it kind of make the scenario even more interesting yes so this i mean this uh, segment rather this was just like alex i was just going to say alex silver alex renels was like the one who is dissing evil uno from the start like you know with his expressions and evil uno is like you know things have been a bit awry with us but we are together in this and then alex renels spews out his uh, you know the insults for evil uno and then he's like just because you have just because you have one in your name that doesn't make you the leader of dark order and everyone i think this is probably like something like you know a family a normal family having their issues and then they just move things over out of love so i hope it's something in that end and not you know not an entire dissension because the story is more about hangman in this 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 feud i mean if this segment is uh, anything to go by because everyone cares for hangman and the hangman was kind of the uniting factor for all the dark order members currently after you know ever since he's been he's been around the dark order like you know they've been trying to recruit him and then hangman slowly finding himself as the one to challenge kenny omega and you know how hangman's uh, character arc has been over the years so it is a sensitive topic for a lot of reasons as you mentioned and a lot of other reasons that i wouldn't want to mention but a dissension wouldn't really be a would wouldn't really be a wisest thing especially with the rumors of you know windham rotunda or brayvite coming in and i have my reasons on brayvite and aw as well but i mean to be honest i don't want him in aw like i'll just call it right that because like he is a wrestler he's a good storyteller a great storyteller rather but i feel his services would be a lot better outside of wrestling because i feel he should do more like he would make a pretty good hollywood support cast so i don't really want him back in wrestling but i mean if he wants to do it then we are not going to stop him and if he's happy with it then let him be but yeah that's that you know what speaking about bray white I actually got news on Bray Wyatt because there have been certain reports, especially it was I think it was said by Dave Meltzer, saying that uh, Impact Impact Wrestling is interested in certain of uh, guys that they want really want to sign. So they are interested in currently bringing in Braun Strowman, Buddy Murphy, and even Bray Wyatt. so these are the three names that they really want to you know sign especially buddy murphy and braun strowman the two the first two names 
they kind of teased it in some random twitch stream so yes. they also in addition to those two guys they also want bray wyatt so i don't know bray wyatt could bray be wyatt. you know mostly not be all elite instead he will be on impact wrestling which may be a good thing i guess it will be rather because see someone like bray wyatt or the fiend he is pretty much the antithesis antithesis of what aw runs on because it's like the way aw promotes themselves is like a sports league like you know with wins and losses and championships etc with bray wyatt he's more of that spooky you know 80s to early 90s thing where like he's more based on character one second like you know he has like this mystical power he's a mystical creature himself and weirdly impact fits that mold because you know you have rosemary you have the undead realm of so young and like the undead bunny ali thing they had and of course not to not to forget the broken universe that they had with uh, matt hardy they gave us the broken matt hardy so bray wyatt really fits in that mold of like you know the spooky devil spooky devilry of whatever 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 may have you so I think Bray Wyatt going to Impact if he wants to come back to wrestling would fit a lot more than AEW. But a part of me still thinks that you know he'd be better off without wrestling and like you know going more into Hollywood that will suit him a lot more. But again, that's just me. Having said that, you know guys like Braun Strowman and Buddy Murphy or Buddy Matthews right now, he changed his name too. but you you were the one who was saying that you know he would fit better in impact because like the aw scene is way too crowded with stars and he'll just be someone lost in the shuffle this one works pretty well for him because like given the lack of you know top contenders in impact you have brian myers like he was challenging christian for the championship i wouldn't really call him one you have ace austin you have josh alexander you have sami callahan you have red swan you have willie mac someone like buddy murphy who has you know who has been who has gained like a lot of notoriety over the years for his involvement in the story with seth rollins and later with mysterios so he has i mean of course he has the wwe name and he has all the talent from his uh, 205/nxt days so there is a lot to uncover for buddy murphy and if he goes goes to impact and he's definitely going to become an impact world champion at some point so impact really fits in that case but regarding braun strowman i mean if you're definitely if you're going to hire braun strowman you need to splash a lot of cash for that and given impacts you know i, I don't want to you know diss them or anything I mean I mean this with all due respect I mean you know for someone who was on like 1 million a year contract he would probably be expecting the same amount of money wherever else he goes because early next year he's already been booked for a show in Qatar at the same show with Sting and John Moxley and the Qatar's like one of Qatar's royal family members was involved in this negotiations with Braun Strowman and he's wrestling there So if you want to convince Braun Strowman to join Impact Wrestling you need I mean you need money at the top of it and you need more than that. So I'm not sure how that's going to pan out but I feel like it's rather just a 
just scored the more just pulling anyone's legs and he just did it on a random twitch stream so that's that by the way are you going to that qatar show i don't think so i mean i'm planning like i really want to go for the world cup later that year so i would be wasting a trip if that's the case but i would be interested in going it's just that you know let's see how things are at that point because right now the flights are still up in the air like the flights have opened it from kuwait to india or any other country it's just like you can exit the country but you can't come back so given if i'm keeping this current thought process to next year in march 2022 i'm not sure how is that going to work out whoa anyways uh let's talk about cm punk like the people paid their no the people paid their money to see this guy so this was really good and by the way here's the catch this segment wasn't rushed oh this segment punk was milking the crowd because the crowd was i mean obviously they were going for the cm punk cm punk chance and you expect that let's just be honest and he was just milking it like you know i can't i'm sorry i can't hear you and then the crowd chants even louder and uh, there was an interesting report rumor i mean interesting thing dropped by tony he said that on his debut or at rampage he was supposed to be the one calling out cm punk so this was probably a make do of that but i don't think you know tony being there on rampage would have helped because the crowd is still i mean the chicago crowd is very rabid as it a rabid as it is and they would have probably not given i don't know how that but like shivani wouldn't have been in the nicest position at that time but this was a good make do of that you know him having him having to interview punk after on his debut at uh, dynamite but uh, i think we got it here because that was genuine you know it was all cm punk at rampage now you kind of wanted to do something different you bring in shivani here and by the way shivani was not interrupted like he usually you know does with other interviews yes which it's a surprising change of pace and a welcome one at that so we get to this interview crowd is all cm punk here we are not even you know getting forward with the interview and like you said he is just milking the crowd taking his time this segment in feel you know rushed that's the part i very much liked so shivani did his job you know being a typical interview guy here was throwing him some random questions and punk you know plugged in the match with darby allen talked about you know he also you not know, talked about the other guys he wants to wrestle like brian pillman jungle boy pentile zero etc etc but the first guy he wants is darby allen so yeah we are getting this match at all out super super excited man cm punk this guy is a gem man i still can't believe this is a thing in 2021 that cm punk is back to professional wrestling like I'll be completely honest with you. Ever since the night of Rampage happened, I still watch his entrance. Like AEW, God bless AEW. Like they've uploaded the entire entrance of CM Punk. The entirety of his entrance is at uh, Rampage 
and i watch it every single day at this point and i still smile like a i still smile i mean the same way as you know how i did for the first time but man i mean things have things have picked up quite a lot for aw i mean you know tracing it back to rampage again the way i mean cm punk's arrival got them like you know a million plus uh, viewers 1.3 to be precise yes 1.3 million viewers on a time slot you would probably not expect wrestling fans to watch wrestling at because mm-hmm. i mean people have lives you know it's like it was a weekend over there and they wouldn't want to watch wrestling when they're heading into their weekends and there you go i mean that's as big as it gets and now even with dynamite they did a 1.2 million and that was mainly on cm punk and his whatever he's done like on aw so far probably within 5 to 6 hours he's been like you know ramping up views up to 500000 views on a video alone so like but, his but, name but, but, itself but 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 cm punk is not a draw people yes say. he's not a needle mover yeah he's yeah. he doesn't move the needle what do we know yeah he doesn't move merch he doesn't bring the youtube views he doesn't give huge ratings on tv you know record setting ratings for the demos he doesn't do that he's just a guy he's just a money bitch but yeah jokes apart this was like you know this has like i personally know a lot of fans who dropped out of wrestling entirely because because of cm punk like cm punk's pipe bomb got them back into wrestling and his departure got them out of it so i know like a few people personally and they've been as excited about cm punk and they've been trying they've been wanting to give pro wrestling a chance again and that's all thanks to this dude i mean wow like this is as big as it gets for aw and this is just a start of good things to come mind you but yeah i mean i've done i've done gushing all over it now <laughs> let's review this segment so basically like this is about uh, this is just a normal interview for cm punk this is you know warming himself up to the crowd and the he's obviously milking the crowd as we mentioned like the crowd is just can't stop chanting his name he is a god currently the god of pro wrestling no disrespect to kenny omega and uh, like the first uh, segment question that tony shivani asks is what gets you back in aw and punk says the talents i was i don't want to say i'm surprised but it was good to see that you know him mentioning brian pillman junior's name because that's as big as it gets for someone like him who's probably 4 years into his wrestling career so that's that's a good way to put him over and he's been punk has been vocal about wanting to work with stars and making stars because i think on the media scrum that he did after rampage he also mentioned ricky starks and powerhouse hobbs and as someone who dearly likes ricky starks i mean this is as big as it gets for him and for me personally because i yeah but he just calls out tabi allen and there was a very good line from cm punk that he said that he has to retire his uh, voice of the voiceless nicknames because there are people in the back who do listen like who do have a voice so 
Yes, I mean, for Darby Allen, he said that he is, uh, he, Darby would have been his favorite wrestler if, see, if he was a teenager. I mean, that's also still there given what we have, the comparisons of uh, Darby Allen and Jeff Hardy. So, yeah, I mean, there you go. He's like, uh, then the, the most important part of this segment. So, do you want to cover that or should I go ahead with it? So, uh, like he was saying something, I exactly don't remember what point it was. But it uh, was. Can yeah, I? I think he was saying that uh, he, like, he was questioning himself. You know, just yes. teasing Is the CM crowd. Punk still, yeah, can CM, uh, CM Punk still go? Yeah, can Is... he go? And he kind of said yes, and the crowd was, you know, kind of chanting yes, 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 and then like. CM Punk just genuinely, uh, you know, called the fans on this, like, that someone else's take, you need to be a little more patient. And the crowd, the crowd, you know, got a huge, we saw a huge pop. So these are, you know, things to come for the New York show, possibly Brian Danielson, who knows? Yes. I, like I had mentioned, like this is just the start of things to come. And he has already made such a huge impact on AEW. And you know how AEW prides itself in like, you know, bringing back the lapsed fans of pro wrestling to watching wrestling again. So it's it's doing its, its job. Like it has already done its job rather. And uh, with, you know, the possible Brian Danielson tease, Punk went a bit too far on that on his Instagram. He just posted like a close-up zoomed in picture of the handshake of their first match together in Ring of Honor in I think it was 2004 so there's that handshake handshake picture of both uh, Punk and Brian so like they are it's happening we need to say where it's going to happen it's definitely going to be like you know if like uh, as per the guy in Body Slam I forgot his name he had mentioned that he's a lock for the New York show and it makes sense for him because, I mean, New York is WWE's territory and it will be a big fuck you given like their biggest star of recent years debuting at another promotion. So, AW would probably want that, but either they could do that or debut him straight in Chicago where, you know, that's like the, the, the haven, the heaven of, you know, smartdom, Chicago. Like, there's just fans who are like you know internet savvy so you could do that i guess but i don't know like the, the best bet is you know saving it for their big grand slam show and that has that also has like a good twenty thousand capacity or something because they are i think they're hosting it in uh arthur ash stadium which is one of the venues for the u.s tennis the u.s open in tennis so they do have a big, big crowd and like, you know, given the billing of the show called the Grand Slam. So it only makes sense if they debut Brian over there. But yes, man, I mean, I'm so, I'm super hyped for whatever they're going to do in the coming months. But speaking about Grand Slam, we could be seeing some implications of that event because in the next uh, thing, where we see Miro cutting a promo, you know, usually doing his stuff, thanking the Lord, thanking for, you know, having a hot wife, etc., etc. But That's he people. once again uh, calls out 
but before you know uh, calling out eddie kingston he kind of you know forgives fuego del sol as of now and then he you know proceeds to call out eddie kingston says that you know the redeemer is looking for you wants to meet you etc etc i think as of now it said that eddie kingston is the next challenger and they could be doing at the pay per view or we still got arthur ash grand slam eddie's eddie kingston's territory new york so yes it's a- it's his hometown itself i guess because it's in queens no kingston's from yonkers no but he's a new yorker at the end of the day yeah he is a new yorker through and through and uh, yeah i mean miro's like he wants the mad king and last week we were discussing that you know probably they would have saved this for arthur ash and have sami face miro at all out it would have made more sense but again like you know if they are doing this for a pay per view they can always do a rematch because like the tnt championship is open it's not like it doesn't have a ranking system in itself so anyone can challenge for the championship whoever the champion chooses or whoever the challenger does and given i mean there is a lot to uncover here for i mean the, as this feud itself because you know the promos are going to be great as it is and if this match happens they if miro you know picks up a big win because so far miro has been picking up wins over slightly you know like enhancement talents types and there's lance archer so miro this would be a definitive win for miro and his championship and probably you know eddie challenges him again and like you know if you want if you're a real man or if you're a god's real favorite champion then put the title against me in my hometown something like that they would do it and you know could lead to eddie kingston winning the championship because i think when they even announced the show in the first place that was like the biggest speculation that they have to do something with eddie kingston and this is the greatest opportunity you have to you know make make that a memorable show and aw has you know they have been pretty they've been banking on this hometown feel of like you know making them look like a star we just saw that with brit baker a couple of weeks ago so you could do the same for eddie kingston and it also feels like a culmination of a personal redemption story for eddie kingston because like if you know you know back before he signed for aw while he was doing like he was close to retirement and this 2020 was supposed to be his last year in professional wrestling and uh, because he was i don't know he had some issues personally and also you know monetary he had like before signing for aw he had his shoes on mortgage and from there to like you know eventually becoming a champion in aw would be like a good A, a cathartic moment as it is so i am pretty excited about that we'll see either the guara option can be it come it can come up by next week as well and they book this for the all out pay per view yes it also feels like a good fuck you to ad as well if they go with the guara option because like that's what miro's championship run <laughs> has been for the most part like i keep repeating this when he was supposed to face lance archer but he defends his title against dante martin instead but, his first uh, title defense uh, let's see interesting you know things they are doing with the tnt championship and especially miro 
But uh, moving on, we had a match, a six-man trios, sorry, trios match like AEW says. It's Moxley, Darby Allen, and Eddie Kingston. So they were facing the wingmen, which consist of uh, Cesar Bononi, uh, J.D. Drake, and uh, Ryan Nemeth. It was just there, man. The baby faces were completely dominating. I think the heels, the wingmen, they had, they're mostly doing comedy here. And they... They are they, a comedy act. Yeah, nothing much. So, one thing to point out is that J.D. Drake was dressed like IRS or Big Baba Rogers for some reason. Or Amish Roadkill from ECW. So, who did you say? Amish Roadkill from ECW. Boy, I need to do he my was, research. He was in a tag team with uh, Danny Doring. And, like, they were tag champions at probably two, three times. Like, he had, he had that beard, like, a, like this beard, like this. And he, he used to wrestle in the exact same dress as well. Yeah. So, Private Party are a comedy act. As it is, you know, they that's nothing much to be expected. And the biggest, I mean, the most strongest man they have is supposed to be booked that way, which is Cesar Bononi. He did get like a good amount of offense on guys like Moxley and Eddie, but it was just them running the baby faces running roughshod and giving crowd a good time. That's what they've done since you know becoming a trio. And uh, like the that was a good. The the main probably the highlight was when uh, when Darby gets a hot tag from Eddie Kingston and uh, JD Drake is at the top of the turnbuckle and uh, Darby Allen just you know beats him for his troubles and gives him an avalanche code red and then goes on for to give the coffin drop. So that was the match. It was just to you know make Darby look hella hella strong heading into his match with. Marky match with CM Punk. And uh, there's just like the shenanigans outside. Like the crowd is, I mean, Sting is also fighting in the crowd with the, uh, I was just going to call them the pretty picture. What is that? Wingman. Yeah. So it's, it's just that. I mean, it's just Darby who is, you know, who's looked like a million bucks for probably the past couple of months. And post matches basically. You know, Danny Garcia, like Darby celebrating his win and Danny Garcia just jumps him up from behind. And then like the other baby faces show up trying to help Darby and then Danny Garcia escape. So probably, again, this is a giveaway for something like Rampage or Dynamite. But is this, I don't think this is over between Danny Garcia and these guys. I don't know. Like... I don't know what they are doing here with Daniel Garcia because we have seen this match already. No. Yes, he's faced all. He's faced both Mox and uh, Darby, so he just left to save, uh, left to face Eddie Kingston. I don't know. And by the way, have you noticed that Sting, Darby Allen are being featured a lot with Moxley and Kingston? It's like they are trying to do a faction of their own or something like that. They have been, if you know, if the rumored or spec highly speculated trios title is still a thing, let's just book them to be the first ones to do to win that. 
I'd be all for it, but yeah. But uh, we have to say, man, Daniel Garcia is giving, is been getting a lot of TV time. Rampage, Dynamite. It's now, it's now what four weeks? Yes, and like he was in the main event of Rampage, like the biggest show for obvious reasons, like this past Friday. So he has been getting featured a lot, even though like he's not officially signed to AW, and that also. means a lot for someone like him and he's only 22 years old and he's going to have a big future ahead he's also facing minoru suzuki at an indie show so sky's the limit for whatever he's going to do right now will he survive that match he should but that's uh, it's a minoru suzuki thing i might i'll be interested to see that speaking about minoru suzuki uh we'll get to that dan lambert promo but uh, there was something going on with this uh, buy in they were promoting the casino battle royal at the all out buy in so oh, this is for the women's by the way so i think we were set to get an interview from tai conti but she was interrupted by ali you know was doing talking shit to tai conti says that she, she that she should you know stop you know being around those losers the dark order and maybe she should consider joining the hfo so tai conti was given a contract here in tai conti kind of you know tore yes, the contract is. in half and then we see a big cat fight nothing much and you i think we are getting this match ramp- at rampage i guess yeah they've made it official for this episode for this upcoming episode you want me to run through the participants for the casino battle royale uh you can okay so it goes like this so we have julia hart so so far announced for the casino battle royale you have julia hart you have big soul haven't seen her in forever you have ali slash bunny you have thunder rosa you have nyla rose uh, red velvet tai conti penelope ford and diamante so so far only nine participants are announced and given when is the nwa all women's pay per view this week it is this week okay so you might see a lot of names from that uh, from that pay per view probably someone like camille or um, maybe even someone like melina mickey james diana porazzo probably Ruby so a lot of names ruby soho and uh, you know with the joker element there are a lot of possibilities of who could be the joker in this which is very interesting and i'm like if that's the case it's weird that it's going on a buy in and not on the main show if they if they're having a casino battle royale i think it should always be on the main card i think they want qt and paul white to be on the main card they could have pushed it to the buy in i hope yeah they should put that they should put that into the buy in and uh, have uh, the casino battle royale on the main show because this is like the best the women's division has looked in probably forever so this is like a good chance to promote it and get more eyeballs on eyeballs on that one uh, we will see so, uh, shall we talk about this promo by Dax Harwood like i think he was announcing the status of cash wheeler and his injury and boy it's not looking good like we also heard from cash wheeler he said that 
their uh, the injury is so bad that there is not even you know motion on that injured hand it's taking him a while and then he starts talking about i don't know what the future holds for them him and ftr and says that it could be it says that is it even worth it to you know do this continue this wrestling stuff he didn't say he didn't mean it like that but it came off in a way but uh, we are said uh, sorry informed that we are getting the rematch between proud and powerful and ftr next week if i'm not wrong yes they have announced it for next week and uh, i mean the injury is gnarly to look at and cash even posted it on his twitter the close up of that injury i'm like uh, bro, it, bro it looks like a gunshot it does i mean it's like someone just carved up like you know you do research on dead bodies and you like cut out its flesh just to see how it looked like it's is just that bad and boy i mean come on but so this, they are promoting it as yeah but the situation man this situation is very sad that they are possibly i mean cash will possibly could be done it's very sad and like a very unfortunate and i mean if it is true they are it's very unfortunate end to a career just because i mean because of an injury like that but yeah they have been promoting it as you know ftr is done cash wheeler is possibly retiring and yeah i mean this this match deserved its like this feud deserves its proper match a proper um, what's the word i'm looking for the proper uh, like culmination or send off well, not a culmination there was something with a b that i was trying to say blow off match so this feud deserves its proper blow off in a way but not at the expense of someone's career so that's it but uh, i don't want ftr to retire man like it's me also. neither dude they they are they are my favorite tag team and i don't want them to you know go their separate ways especially at this point when aw is really starting to pick up a lot of momentum from like you know from a more casual perspective and somebody like ftr they deserve like a lot of eyeballs on themselves and i like they the thing with ftr is they haven't done a lot in aw if you think about it they yeah, had they that short won. title reign which was kind of rushed and that's about yeah. it that's very much it as in like yeah that was like they only held it for two months and they dropped it to young bucks i was expecting a big re- a, a big title reign for them but it was into that you know the young bucks full gear stipulation if we lose we're not we're never going to challenge for the championship similar to how cody did it but i hope it's not being reported right that ftr is kind of done it's not reported at all like if there's anything the only substance to it is dax harwood promoting it on his twitter in that way So it could know. be a work, but I, I yeah, it could be a work for all that we know. But I mean, hope. I don't know what else can I say. I hope, hope it is a work, though. Yeah, yeah hope just cash will just makes it through. Maybe if he stays out for at least another year, so so be it. 
I want them back. Hope he makes it. Yes. But uh, the match would be good, man, because we now have a little emotional investment here. Yes, we do. And like the last match fell flat thanks to the injury, and this one's like all the makings to be a be an upgrade on their previous encounter. But moving on, we were uh, supposed to get Shivani was about to interview Kenny Omega. But uh, here, Shivani was interrupted by Don Callis himself. He is going all ballistic, you know, talking shit to Christian Cage and the fans. But Christian Cage comes out. By the way, I like that Christian Cage is finally getting a genuine reaction. Yes, I mean, his biggest moment in this feud and he was interrupted with the CM Punk chant. So... Yeah, if he's finally getting some genuine reactions, and it's good to see that because, like, despite you know him being booked very strongly and as someone with that name value among the you know the diehard wrestling fans, it's it hasn't really been an easy ride for him because even his reveal as like the biggest Hall of Fame worthy signing in AEW, that also felt a bit flat, even though I was. someone who was looking forward to it but yeah good good to see that improvement on his uh, stature and uh, now we are getting this story where krishnan by the way you know showed this footage from i think it was from a road to dynamite series thing yes where the story is that krishnan sorry dom callis kind of you could say blackballed or fired Christian Cage from one of those uh, companies, wrestling companies, and his focus all went towards Kenny Omega at that time, who was just ten years old. So that's the story going around. So Christian addressed this, and he's he called Don Callis for that reason alone a carny piece of shit. So this, you know, uh, we see a piece of shit chant for Don Callis. Don Callis is not liking it, so he tells Omega that uh, you were manip- uh, Callis manipulated you when you were just ten years old, and he's still doing it now. So Omega is all right up, and he says, "You think you know me? You think you know me? <laughs> you think you know me?" Kind of a shot at the uh, edge. So Don Callis then you know he's full mad. He's going full Ric Flair mode at this point, taking off his jacket, taking off the scarf, and he's going uh, ballistic on Christian on the mic. And then he mentions all these great promoters like Warren Gania, and then I think there was Bill Watts, I guess. Eddie. Vince was, McMahon, uh, Warren Gania, Vince McMahon, Bill Watts, and Eddie Graham. So these are you could say your classic wrestling promoters. And by the way, did Nepotism. you see them? Did you see the marks getting all riled up that he mentioned Vince McMahon? Oh, Vince there's McMahon. another shot at WWE. It it wasn't, it wasn't even in the slightest because he Don Callis is all like his shtick is just that because he compares Omega to guys like Ric Flair, George Hackenschmidt who was like a wrestler in the early days, um, Luthers. A lot of other names. Even I think even my uh, comparison with Warren Gania, who was a huge deal back in the day. So I mean that's his take. He always 
bigs himself up and compares him to the legends in whichever field they are, either wrestlers or promoters. That wasn't a shot at WWE at all. I'm not sure. It's always, it's always. I mean, this tribalism is useless at this point. So, like we say in Hindi, "Goom fir ke wahan pe aana." Exactly. Like why? For what? For what joy? But anyways, Callis is going all crazy here. And uh, then we see a kind of brawl. Like if, uh, obviously a brawl breaks out. Uh, Christian is not in favor. Like uh, the entire elite is beating up Christian here. And then we see the elite hunter, Frankie Kazarian. He shows up, you know, he had a pipe in his hand. Chases, chases out all the heels and that's about it. So as a result of this, we have a special tag match book for a rampage. Yes, and uh, this is a weird lineup because Kenny Omega is teaming with Brandon Cutler. Like why? <laughs> so they are facing Christian and Frankie Kazarian. So it's obvious that uh, Brandon Cutler is taking the pin. Depends on whoever pins him. Probably Christian. So yeah, I mean, as a story itself, I mean, it's it has like a bit of a realism into it. Even if it wasn't, it might have not been the case at all because the story goes that Christian was signed by WWF back then on the recommendation of Edge, who had just been there for like a few for a few months. He just put in a word with uh, who was whoever was the president at that time for Canada for WWF in Canada. And he just wrestled one indie show for Don Callis's uh, promotion. He was facing Lance Storm, by the way. Like they mentioned that on the Road to Series Two. So there is like a bit of realism element to it, but not like with a spin, like a sim, a very Bruce Prichard way of getting around things. You could say with you know with all the revisionist history that comes in. But yeah, I mean the Carney piece of shit chant was act was pretty hilarious. Like the fans always, and it's always good to see Don Callis, you know, going all Ric Flair, like how you mentioned. He's just like taking off his scarf, taking off his coat, his watch, and everything. He's just going all ape shit, and then you know Kenny as this goofy anime villain is also hilarious. So yeah, there are they've done a pretty decent job of building some interest into this match for All Out. Like it was getting a bit, like it was muddling, like at this. So it has gone slightly like this, like it's going up a little. The interest that is. Let's see, it's up there. Now you have given some story. It's up there. You say, you know, paper you worth image. Yes. So when, uh, by the way, on that topic, what do you feel is worth main eventing all out? Punk versus. Allen or Christian Cage versus Omega? Has to be Christian versus Omega because of the championship. I mean, the champ at the end of the day, the world championship is everything in a wrestling promotion. So it should be the championship. Probably Punk and Derby could be like you know a little, and then you have like a cool down match, another cool down match, and then hype people up for the main event. But uh, like I said, the Omega Christian build—it's okay for a world title match. We could be invested, and they will give like we seen in the Rampage match, the first debut match that they pulled off. 
they could have been a better match at a pay per view with free time given hmm like they were definitely building up to that too because you know with tv constraints of like ad breaks and stuff you can't and it's a one hour show so you can't really put everything so this is just like an appetizer preparing a preparing you for the main course which is the main event of a pay per view which should be you know which should be them pulling out all the stops and doing what they do we'll have to wait and see man but uh, moving on we heard from john moxley he was cutting one of those uh, uh, fiery promos so this has been a thing now i mentioned it on rampage that john moxley is hitting on a different level like he seems a bit motivated these days <laughs> is it building towards something i don't know but uh, yeah you were saying something no i was no continue so like i said he's cutting a promo and you mentions new japan here like uh, like you if you remember a while back he said he fedexed or mailed something to the office over in new japan and as of now there's only one guy that you know showed up or you know has accepted this challenge and it's From not the forbidden door yeah the door is opened here so we were expecting someone like tanahashi but no we are getting uh, the leader of bread club bread club and one of the dads respected dads over in new japan and a legend by the way satoshi yes. kojima ridwan he will be yes. facing john moxley at the pay per view all out so moxley here has called out kojima is putting over him as a big legend a big deal kind of a random match if you ask me for all out you could have done it on a pay per view but i think this is a special singles match as the new japan marks call it yeah i can take that if you are if you are not giving me tanahashi by the way the tanahashi moxley thing will be something in the future as per dave melser but yes. even if you put tanahashi in this, in that position that would have been a little bigger because he is a kind of bigger name than kojima as of now but uh, i will take this what do you think too. about this i mean initially i was a bit skeptical of this match too when i because when i read the results first and then i went on to watch dynamite so it did feel a bit flat and uh, i completely forgot about the contract promo that moxley cut like before you mentioned you know like um, he just put out a random contract for anyone in new japan to sign and uh, you know face him at all out all of us were expecting tanahashi and he even explicitly called out tanahashi but we are not getting that he's saving it for probably the new japan us shows or probably new japan in itself and it will feel a lot bigger over there than in aw it makes perfect sense but kojima like they were trying something with kojima a few months ago in impact and they even like took a, took away his first name they were just calling him kojima not even satoshi kojima just kojima that's impact Now, by the way <laughs> yeah they even uh, like even okada and nakamura didn't have the first names when they wrestled in impact don't know so, old, school, old school thing i guess yes now coming back to this promo like you know kojima's i mean he's a legend you know the less we say about him the better his work speaks for itself 
and the best way to get us interested into this is moxley specifically you know saying that vaguely mentioning that he's going to murder kojima and that fits with mox's character as this hard ass brawler so yeah i mean it's 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 not something one would expect heading into this but i'm interested like it has got me interested in a lot of ways for this and it's a special attraction match so obviously it's not it's not going to build any stories or something if at all if they if at all they want to build something it will be for new japan but not for aw and i'll i'll still take that because it's it's just an attraction for someone like kojima to wrestle in the us and it's a big deal for new japan as well like you know getting one of their biggest names ever on an a mainstream american show it happened with yuji nagata it's going to happen with kojima and so be it by the way are you sensing john moxley possibly turning heel i was yeah if he has to face tanahashi in japan no less he has to be a heel but that has been that has been mox for the longest time because even when he debuted he beat up jericho makes him a baby face beat up omega baby makes him a heel because omega was a face at that time and that has been pretty much mox he's always been an anti hero regardless except the time during the pandemic and that time yes like last week he was calling out uh, you know the biggest baby faces like christian and uh, hangman so it does teeter him towards the heel side but it's just john moxley the way he is either way we we'll have to look uh, wait and see man should be a fun match yes but let's uh, fast forward here with gun club versus the factory like is this a dark match or a dynamite match i don't even know at this point yes this match we could have done without this match on dynamite but if they want to promote like some someone like paul white wrestling on aw's pay-per-view which i still hope they do it on a buy-in this was a as good a promotion as any for that match so i mean there was just thrown together let's just be honest but the only connecting element in this match was i mean there was a good callback thrown by i think excalibur where uh, austin gun this was his first match after injury thanks after i mean thanks to uh, anthony ogogo who is a member of the factory he had just you know beat the living daylights out of Austin Gunn and he had to quit that match. Like this match was called off by a referee stoppage. So there was a good continuation in that sense. But you know, I could do I could do without this match happening on Dynamite. Keep it on Dark. It'll be just fine. Elevation, to be precise. Uh, I mean, this match was it was just there. It was what it was. It was just to you know hype up show um, Paul White versus QT. and it was also just to make qt like look like an ass because he is an ass so you had like qt i'll just jump to the finish of this match where qt is just doing his you know the dusty elbows and then he was distracted by paul white paul white was jumps out of his commentary seat and then he just tries he just distracts qt and qt gets rolled up by colton gun Colton Gun picks up the win for the Gun Club and just you know QT looks like a loser heading into his match with Big Show. 
okay it fits cuties you know moni character like even the like, fact can the factory even get one victory for themselves probably not i mean cutie for his uh, you know position on the card is a pretty decent promo and he's not a bad wrestler at all but you know this still feels weird that whatever he does and uh, it seems i mean i'm not i don't watch dark or dark elevation like i watch it very rarely if i don't have anything to do but colton gun is undefeated from what i know why isn't he championship why isn't he challenging for the championship maybe like what's the record here he hasn't lost a single match probably like 24 and 0 something he has a better record than any of the top guys i don't know maybe is not ready for you know being ranked on the top 5 yes but he's still undefeated right they you should can, at least give him a tie you yeah. can give him a tnt title shot you can do that yeah that is a good as good consolation as any they could probably do that but i mean he hasn't lost a single match and it's like fell completely under the radar like how can you possibly ignore the most strongly booked wrestler in aw i mean that with all the sass and sarcasm involved can you check check out uh, colton gun's record right now if you can yeah i'll yeah i'll just probably do that and in the meanwhile i'll get through this dan lambert backstage promo so this is your typical dan lambert style you know promo dissing the fans dissing the aw fan base and this time he is actually taking shots at some of the competitors even took a shot at cm punk of all people so did you get the record yes. here yes so he is uh 10 10 and 0 in uh, tag teams and 7 and 0 in trios overall career uh, record is 24 and 0 what yes i'm not yeah. even joking someone needs to po- call out tony con on this yes why the bias tony give us the answers anyways anyways yeah we are, we are talking about dan lambert here so like yes. i said typical promo from him you know he's actually calling calling out the roster members he also called out cm punk at one point and he also called out sami guevara for you know proposing in the ring not mentioning names just calling out instances and references and is putting over uh, men of the year uh, we have uh, scorpio sky and ethan page on his side and he said that both men are trained in mma or black belt or something like this and this is yes. breaking news to me was it a sarcastic comment or well, i don't know if it's legit Yeah so Scorpio Sky has been fighting in the MMA before you know becoming a full time pro wrestler i think yeah he has been wrestling for like over 20 years but uh, he was uh, an MMA fighter at one point whereas for Ethan Page he is like a black belt in taekwondo and jiu jitsu so that's like both of their fighting backgrounds nailed down okay that explains really okay that explains why karate kid was i think sorry karate page or karate man karate man there you go that was a thing yes and it weirdly makes sense is why dan lambert is tied with them 
and uh, probably not Ethan, but this is something Scorpio Sky would have needed if he was a solo act because he can't. I mean, he's not a very good promo. Ethan Page can be a star on his own, but Scorpio Sky is just there, and he needs like something to back him up. Even in SCU, I'd say you know Scorpio Sky was a lot better because even though he was paired with Daniels and Kazarian, he didn't really have much to say or you know break out on his own. But he was still doing good for himself. But with Man of the Year, there is like a clear disparity in the star star power or let's just say the star potential in between both of these guys. But yeah, I mean, interesting to see Dan Lambert paired with them and not with a shoot fighter. Probably, you know, as I am expecting, probably filthy Tom Lawler to pop up in AEW at some point in future. So that is definitely going to be a thing. But we're not sure when. But yeah, as in like with Men of the Year, it's pretty, pretty interesting because even the Men of the Year gimmick is not very legit shoot fighter style because they are just like these fashionable guys who are just big dickheads at the end of the day. But uh, by the way, uh, things could be leading towards a tag match thing much. We see maybe Minoru Suzuki being paired up with Lance Archer again to go against Dan Lambert and it has to happen. It has to happen because La Archer's main tag partner, Davy Davy Boy Smith, um, David Hart Smith, rather, he's not even in, he's not even a free agent anymore. He's signed with WWE, so you have to have this match between. And the surprise wouldn't be as big as any getting Minoru Suzuki, who has a history with Lance Archer pairing and facing the man of the year. So it's going to be it's going to get a lot of eyeballs on the product. I mean, not on the product, but a lot of eyeballs on this story itself. Yeah, it's it's like, it would be dumb to not do it. And uh, yeah, that's what are things, that's a possible, you could say, prediction, but nothing much there. But uh, shall we move on to the main event? Yes, we shall. But uh, do you want me to run through the card for next week's Dynamite? Mm, please do. Okay. So next week on Dynamite, we have um, Brian Cage versus Powerhouse Hobbs with Hook by his side. One match. We have Orange Cassidy versus Jack Evans with Matt Hardy by his side. So this feud is not getting over anytime soon. You have uh, FTR versus Proud and Powerful as we uh, went through it. And we have a couple of interviews with... Uh, both Chris Jericho and MJF with uh, JR interviewing Chris Jericho and Tony Schiavone interviewing MJF. Uh, whereas for Rampage, this Friday... Boy, boy, have... boy, listen, listen, listen. Before we talk about Rampage, the Shivani mjf interview will be gold. Oh, it will be. Because Shivani MJF hates is... MJF's cuts. That rat. <laughs> when He doesn't even call MJF by his name. He just calls him that rat. And then... Uh, Excalibur just calls him a rat fink. So, yeah. The, Shivani's hatred for MJF is pure gold. Yes. Probably, you could probably even rank him, like rank it in the same region as how Bobby Heaton used to hate Hulk Hogan. It's probably in that list because Shivani, he's utterly disgusted by MJF's presence. So, that's that. And for Rampage, this tonight we have... Uh, Bunny versus Take on T in a singles match. We have uh, Jurassic Express versus Lucha Bros in a tag 
title the eliminator final and we have Kenny Omega and Brandon Cutler versus uh, Christian Cage and Frankie Kazarian so there you go but uh, talking about the main event we had Malika Black versus Brock Anderson but before this Arn Anderson was doing an interview saying that Brock Anderson is kind of doing a bad decision because Brock has had what four to five matches in his professional career while Malachi Black is a 19-year veteran. So that's the, you could say, main thing going ahead with this match. So quick match here, yet again for Malachi Black, does quick work of Brock Anderson. Like Brock was kind of, you know, he had a jump start. And was going after Malachi, but Malachi was on the offense. And at one point, I think Brock Anderson was bleeding from the eye, which was not kind forehead. of highlighted a bit. It was forehead. Yes. So there you go. It was covered with his hairline, so it didn't. We couldn't really see that, you know, explicitly. Ah. Uh, so quick match here. We see a black mask, and Malachi took his time to get uh, the pin. Brock here, and nothing. Much, nothing less. Great presentation for Malika Black here. And that's about it. Anything you want to add here? I mean, there was we were expecting worse, to be honest. Malika was going to kick the seven shades of shit out of Brock Anderson. But I'm kind of glad he didn't. Because Malika was honest promise that, you know, he was asking Brock Anderson to just drop out of this match and go home. But Brock Anderson did. And there was this one point where he was asking Arn to throw in the towel. Otherwise, he would have done worse to Brock. And Arn just drops the towel. And then Brock Anderson just attacks, just punches him right in the groin. So that was one moment. And then Malakai just hits him with the black mask slash sin eater and just picks up the win from there. And it was more, I mean, the match was what it was. Obviously, we we're not expecting much. We were expecting a lot worse for poor Brock. And uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it's still perfectly fine. But what happened after was like a bit flat because uh, he, like, he asked, confr- provokes Arn Anderson into fighting him. And then there was this cool moment where Black goes for the Black Mass, but Arn, Arn just blocks like this. And then uh, Malakai just hits him square in the nuts and Arn just clutches it. And then Malakai gets interrupted by big shorty Lee Johnson. And that's the end of the show. So it's weird. It was a weird way to end the show totally. But uh, again, there you go. It was what it was. And like, uh, Malakai is, yeah. Like Malakai said, he's will be going after each and every member of the Nightmare, fact, Nightmare family. family. So, yes. Cody is done. Supposedly. Brock Anderson, Brock he's dead. Done. Lee Johnson will be joining that list as well. So, he'll be going... Yeah, yeah, he'll eventually go to Dustin and then we see yet another big match for between him and Cody Rhodes, I believe. Yes. When you do that, this I don't something. Know. Yeah, this is something I was predicting, but not like a very extensive way because we were predicting Cody and Malakai to face off at All Out. 
and on his road to all out we were also expecting him to like you know face dustin at some point in time and like just murder him before he eventually faces could but what has happened is like a weird way to get around it because eventually cody and malakai will have a rematch at some point of time which i sure hope cody doesn't win and uh, yeah it's just malakai looking indestructible so at this point it is safe to say that this is not happening at the paper no chance it's not like you could there is still another week to for dynamite or rampage so you could probably address it but at the same time it's too soon for you know it will feel very rushed because cody he would like to take his own sweet time to come back process whatever had happened and then go after revenge so yeah yeah you can even do it to at the grand slam show will have enough time yes and this is prob- that's probably the biggest show in the in like this upcoming uh, few months because i think it's september 22nd right so it's less than a month away and other than that they have saturday special dynamite in uh, orlando that's another show that probably they will do and they would probably promote it big too but yeah man that was dynamite nothing much to take here this week and even rampage will be feeling little without uh, oomph of last week or last couple of weeks like this we could say this was a down period for aw this week sometimes they do it on purpose because you yes, have a big hot show yeah because if you have a big hot show then they gave you a lazy type of you know uh show the other week and then it picks up again yes probably just to like give fans some breathing space too because if they you know if you keep giving out these surprises week in and week out they'll be conditioned they'll be preconditioned to it that you know what's coming next like that's where you could say that's where wcw had uh, that's where even wcw had their own problems because they used to keep delivering these surprises and the fans get burnt out to it at the same time it's like the law of diminishing returns in a way so the more you expect the less special that will feel so in that way it makes sense but yeah it was a pretty eh episode of dynamite but ridwan before we leave again this guys find you so you can find me on twitter and instagram at @rid_aman and if you're watching this in video form you could see it right below the goldberg catchphrase You can find Slam Up Wrestling on Twitter at Slam Up W, Instagram at Slam Up Wrestling. You can catch this review on Anchor and Spotify as well. This was the AW Dynamite review, and see you guys next time.